Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 373 in our weekly series, which today is going to be looking at the importance of agility, transparency and being human. Um, Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more and you can sign up there as well for our weekly newsletter. So to help us navigate today's topic, um, I'm very pleased to welcome back, actually, to Engage for Success Radio, Simon Gross. Simon was a guest on the show ooh, a couple of years ago now. Um, I think it was uh, show number 299, so um, a while ago. And Simon is CEO and co-founder of Foundation SP, who are a leading digital solutions consultancy. And he'll tell us a little bit more about, the, about them in a moment and, uh, and their approach. And so he's going to be helping us to explore the topic. Um, and we're going to be talking about business experiences and strategy throughout the COVID pandemic um, as a business leader um, and, uh, and entrepreneur and founder of his own organization. Um, Simon's got some really useful insights to share with us. So welcome to the show, Simon. Oh, thank you very much. It's really nice to be back. Thanks, Joe. Yes, so it was. It was about 18 months or so, two years ago, wasn't it? Show number 299, anyway, I know. Um, it was. So, my goodness, I, you know, apart from the obvious, which we'll, we'll come on to in a moment, apart <laughs> from the obvious, what's been, what's been happening at, at Foundation SP in that time? And, and perhaps before you tell us that, just give us a, a very quick, quick overview of what, what you do as a, as a business, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so, we're in the digital transformation space, and we're helping clients around their digital journey with technologies and helping them with business productivity and collaboration. Um, what's been happening since we've been growing, which was, which is encouraging. So I think probably it was about 18 months ago that we spoke maybe a little bit more. And I think, as I recall, we were probably 50 people or so then um, we're up to 80, 80 plus now, right. which is great. Right. And we've managed to, um, to double our revenue and profits, which is, uh, which is very nice. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, even better. Um, so you've actually managed to do that without doubling your headcount. So that's uh, that's good. Productivity. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've. Um, I, I think the last time we spoke, we were just developing our new software product, Pulse 360, as well, in support of um, employee feedback and, and performance conversations. And we've we've properly launched that, and it's been, you know, really really helpful during during COVID, which I might briefly touch on. Um, a bit later on and yeah I suppose yeah. the only other thing that we knew is that last week we we managed to secure a, a multi-million pound investment into um, FSP which is really exciting for everybody involved and really good for our sort of continued growth plans as well. Absolutely uh, more than exciting and in the current climate that's quite an achievement isn't it Simon? It was it was certainly hard work going through the process probably doubly hard during this period but yeah, yeah nonetheless re really very happy about that Yes, and and yeah. without going into obviously without going into the detail of that here because it wouldn't wouldn't be appropriate. But no doubt you've got some very exciting plans as to what what that's going to enable you to do. 
lots and lots of plans. I've got to plan my third return if I'm allowed. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, you better you better book it in soon, though, Simon, because the way we're going at the moment on the radio show, we're booking guests into September 2021 at the moment. So um, right. you need to work out you need to work out when your next milestone will be in terms of when you'll have something exciting to talk about and, uh, and make sure you book yourself in well in advance to come back and tell us all about it. So, OK, great. that's a good now, I <laughs> now I do know one of the things we did talk about when you were on the show last time was great places to work and you had I think twice won great places to work um, at, at FSP mm. um, and um, had another good year this year T- tell us a little bit more about that and um, and there's, there's also I think number one great place to work for women as well so you're doing something right um, tell us tell us a little bit about those wins yeah thank you um we secured the number one um, ranking in the medium category this time because as we, we tipped over the, the 50 UK employees and up to 80, they changed our category. So in the medium category, right. uh, we were really pleased with that. And I think, you know, there's still always, as ever, lots to do. And, you know, I think wherever you rank, it never you're never done in that respect. No. We're always looking for areas where we can be improving. But I'm certainly blessed to have you know, forward-thinking, modern leaders that are entirely committed to, um, you know, our employees doing the best work of their lives. And as far as the great place to work for women is concerned, we're very pleased with that because um, aside of the, the gender topic, we're, we're really excited and committed to embracing, you know, diversity and fairness across the board. So, um, yeah, yep. great to have those accolades, but even more important that we're just continually improving um, month on month yes. and, and, and looking at ways to be better and and I guess it's fair to say is it I mean from, from your from your experience of being involved in a program like that on an ongoing basis um, is it the case that you see each year the bar being raised by everyone else yeah some great organizations out there and there's some really good ways of you know engaging people helping them perform clearly a lot mm-hmm. at the moment I would imagine around um, what you're putting in place around mental health and well-being as well. That's that's really very, very important. But, yeah, there's some wonderful organisations out there, you know, small, medium and large, that I'm sure we can all learn from. Yes, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that, that yes, it's, it, it's Engage for Success, we were sort of talking at the back end of last year about various things in terms of priorities, and um, it, it was absolutely noted that the whole health and well-being agenda is um you know come come right up um but also mental health and well-being being particularly important and and when we were having those conversations you know sort of around about this time last year little little did we know what was coming down the track um Mm. but that that you know i think it's interesting isn't it covid i mean in 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 lots of ways it's obviously lots and lots of ways it's been a really really difficult year for an awful lot of people personally and also you know economically and and for businesses but but there has been some good things that have you know the the focus on health and well-being the realization that you have to actually actively approach these things and not just it's not just an initiative it's not just something to tick a box for the importance Mm. of your employees mental health and well-being um has, has has just come to the fore so much and it's 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 kind of created it has created some good things you know in in, in its wake i think hasn't it 
It has. And I think, like you said there, Joe, the, the, the COVID situation has really put that into focus. Um, and, and as an organisation, you know, we were taking it seriously before in terms of recognising the importance of mental health and well-being. But I think the pandemic has really, um, really meant that we've wanted to dial up extra support for everybody in the area of mental health, um, ensuring that people have got access to the right resources, the people, the expertise, supporting each other, um, you know, running regular support sessions for everybody through this, through this period. And actually this period that we've, um, we've adapted to during the last few months, I'm sure everybody is adapting month on month, just managing the transitions in and out of lockdown is really tough for people. You know, learning how to remote work, but also look after yourself, you know, really, really tough. Yeah. And, and, you know, balancing the family life is also very tough with your work life because those, those lines of demarcation are, are not always there, are they? No, they're not. Yeah, I was talking to my co-host um, on the radio show, Joe, Joe Dodds, um, the other last week, because we, we, we do a, um, a, a live um, a video chat as well nothing to do with engage for success a sort of separate thing and 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 she was describing her husband's situation who's working from home and how he thinks that he has to sit and work constantly um and was really at risk of just you know being burnt out because he just wouldn't stop working and he hadn't really appreciated that when he's in the workplace in the formal workplace there are umpteen interruptions and you get up and you go to the coffee machine you get up and you go and get a drink of water you get up and you go and chat to somebody you know you, you there are natural breaks in the working day and in your habits and in the way you do things whereas when you're at home it's very easy to just put your head down on that keyboard at the start of the day and stare at the screen and work your socks off and not not actually move if you're you know if you're not careful but you do have to be much yeah. more intentional, don't you, as a as a worker and as a manager and a leader to make sure these things actually happen. So this has come on really neatly to to talk more broadly, um, because I think from your perspective as a CEO, uh, somebody who's running a business and running a, interestingly, running a growing business, but also running a business that's involved in digital transformation. My goodness, if there was one thing that underpinned businesses' responses to to, to COVID, it was digital transformation wasn't it on steroids so I'm really interested to hear not only your own experiences of how you at at FSP have adapted and responded to things over the last few months but also perhaps some of the things you've seen other organizations client organizations doing well Mm. as well in terms of sort of sharing that best practice and when we've talked about that we can talk a little bit more about you know where we go next with this and you know what the future holds but to start with can you perhaps just share with our listeners some of the key things that you feel have helped you successfully weather the storm um over the last eight or nine months and of course you're you're in two countries aren't you we are yeah we're in we're in uk and spain and, and and clearly both both countries have, have been quite severely hit by the pandemic. So, albeit they haven't mirrored each other, there have been, you know, quite serious situations in, in both uh, countries where we've got, you know, established teams uh, in place. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, where, where to start? Because there's so much, isn't there, in, in, in the whole COVID pandemic. But if we go back to February this year, that does seem like a lifetime ago. Uh, it seems like it about does. two years ago, of course. Um, 
you know, probably like many, we were really trying to understand the conditioning, the conditions that we were grappling with. You know, was this was COVID and coronavirus, as it was referred to at the time, something or nothing? Was it a two to three month challenge, a six month challenge, a one year challenge? And then in parallel, very, very quickly, we had to understand how every individual in the company, what were their personal conditions? What was their physical health profile looking like? What kind of environment did they have to work from home? What was their family situation? What's their mental health and well-being profile looking like? And then trying to lend personalized extra support where needed. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the obvious things, controlling the controllables, controlling the things that we do know, controlling the things that we are in, are in control of. So that early stage of COVID, probably like for everybody else, has been very confusing and then rapidly having to adjust to working remotely. And like you alluded to there, Joe, we were in a very fortunate and we're very grateful for being in the industry we're in because we, we were able to work from home quickly and we were already set up. Um, which then in turn led us to help other organisations, which was which was great. But I think it was also really important very early on, as ever, that we would be leaning into our core values. And you know, this is about how do we behave as an organisation. And you know, at the absolute heart of our values is the value of family. Um, you know, respecting what sits behind the employees that come to work. The mutual support for each other that we can lend each other and just ensuring that as we go through and come into this period and even now that success however we deem to be success isn't measured by just financial measures or you know looking through a, a financial decision lens does does that make sense it does and you know what i find really interesting about that is you said at the very beginning of the show, the, shared the good news, you know, the exciting news that you've just, just secured multi-million pound investment. And so very often, um, the, the expectation in those sorts of situations is that people simply have their eye on the, on the pound signs and that everything, is, everything is, is, is sort of focused on that and dedicated to that. Nothing really else matters. But what what you're describing is is a, two sides of the coin you know you recognizing that actually your values are integral to you being able to be a successful and profitable business to attract investment which is which is really absolutely good yeah absolutely and you know i think also that at the point when everybody I and mean, we've all experienced it but at the point when everybody's kind of locked down and all the kids are coming home and not going to school Clearly, there's an issue there around how do we um, ensure that everybody's okay? How do we ensure that they're physically safe, that they're, that they're coping okay? But how can we, what are their working hours going to look like now? So actually early on, and we still do this now on a, on a sort of frequent basis, we ask everybody to self-assess on what level of flexibility they'd like to have on their hours and their roles. So if you have people that were either full-time or part-time, Let's revalidate now what this picture looks like based on this period that we're in. So if you've got the kids at home or if you don't, um, you know, how are you set up at home to be able to work? And is it, is it too much? Is it too little? What, is, what does that look like? So yeah. we did and, and have continued to trust and empower people to lead those kind of decisions. And that's been really, really important for us with 
with, mm. with getting the best out of our people. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it was it, one of these, these was one of the conversations I, I was having, and, and I know a lot of people were having this, making these observations at the beginning of the crisis, that this wasn't simply about businesses suddenly changing to working from home. Um, we, were, we were suddenly changing to working from home in a crisis and very often with additional caring responsibilities suddenly put on top of us as well. So it was a, it was not a nor it wasn't just like saying introduce flexible working, let your people work from home. There was a whole raft of other stuff put on top of it to, to add to the add to the stress, add to the complexity and add to the challenges of the whole thing. Well, it wasn't you know, really were fascinating. Yeah. Um, and lots of lots of families also came under, you know, and this is something that we weren't protected from either, but Lots of families, husbands and people's children and other things, they come under lots and lots of pressures, not just from, you know, physical health and, and the well-being side, but people's partners were losing jobs. And, and so it was also important we, we set up a, um, an employee emergency fund, although we didn't, you know, we were, we were fortunate in that we didn't, we, we didn't utilise the, the furlough scheme and we didn't need to lose heads, but, but clearly... There were people, employees of ours, that were on the receiving end of partners losing jobs and their whole financial yep. um, landscape changing. So we, we did yes. set up an employee emergency fund, which I think was, was really helpful for the hardship point of view as well, in addition to obviously what the government was putting in place. Absolutely. And absolutely, going back to the point about living your values and, and bringing your values to the fore, I mean, that, that clearly fits with that, doesn't it? It does. And, um, you know, there's also a really important community aspect to this in that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're actually based in Reading. So um, we work quite closely with education. We work with different schools. We're on the university campus. We work very closely with the local children's hospice, Alexander Divine Children's Hospice. Um, we contacted the local hospital. And I think it is really, and it's very important for, for staff as well to make that all-round contribution so yeah as an example this was a choice for people discretionary spend that we might have had on events or we might have had on marketing we just repivoted that into other areas to try and help uh, other organizations and i think that was you know really appreciated as well because some of it comes through money and some of it comes through you know time and effort just to try and mm-hmm. check in with your, your your local community as well as the company that you're operating in Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Really, really important. Yeah. You you mentioned you launched your Pulse 360 staff, staff Pulse survey mm. um, recently, and, and you presumably were using that with your own people, were you, Simon? Yeah, so what, what we were doing with Pulse 360 was basically, um, previously we were sending out, you know, a, a weekly question, um, uh, that was fairly generic around, you know, how do you feel about the values? How do you feel about leadership? How do you feel about different things? It was a, a 30 second a week kind of question for people to answer. And then during COVID, we pivoted Pulse 360 to twice a week, uh, which might sound like a lot for people that aren't doing that kind of frequency of service, but 30 seconds for each question. And then we were asking very, very relevant questions like, you know, how well set up they were from home. You know, were they were they okay? How did they feel like the leadership was supporting them through this difficult period? So we almost changed the questioning 
to reflect the conditions that we were in. And then through the dashboards and the insights, it was really helpful because it meant we got qualitative information back very, very quickly. Um, and we're still doing that clearly now, but we've reduced the frequency back down to once a week now. But that was that was very, very important. Of course, in addition to doing doing the communications that you would normally do, you know, the stuff over uh, Teams or Zoom or, or, or roundtables, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you, you had a, I'd love to know more. You, you mentioned you had an initiative called Reach Out, Reach Out Roulette. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Reach Out Roulette was um, was somebody's idea where they were basically saying that, um, I think this was kind of a couple of months in, um, I'm sure lots of your listeners do similar things with, you know, coffee connections and coffee catch-ups and stuff, but Reach Out Roulette was a system that uh, randomly picked people that didn't work together in the organisation and set them up Lovely. automatically for a 10-minute uh, coffee meeting that they could uh-huh. accept or decline, of course, but it was an opportunity for them to just spend 10 minutes of their day and the rule was basically saying, don't talk work, <laughs> which was right. um, which is great. And the feedback on that was, was wonderful in addition to all the other online events that we were doing, you know, like quizzes and happy hours and book clubs and those kind of things. It was just something a little bit different that wasn't too intrusive to people's day. Yeah, brilliant. And and to what extent did people embrace that, Simon? I mean, you said people could decline the invitation if they wished, but I mean, I'm, I'd be I'd be surprised if people did. I I expect people sort of entered the spirit of it, didn't they? They did, they did, and there was so much great feedback on it. And the thing that people loved about it was that it was short. It was a short meeting. Um, yeah. And, and probably another trend to share that we we've seen to become habit during the period is. Pre-COVID, people used to book in, you know, as standard, a one-hour meeting, whereas people now will book in a standard, maybe a 45-minute meeting or a 30-minute meeting, but the minimum meeting slots now are really 10 or 15 minutes. And and it's really good because people are recognising, a bit like what you were saying there, I think, about what your husband might have been experiencing about online meeting fatigue. It's just Mm. a bit about people recognising and respecting that. And then scheduling people only when they're required and taking those shorter slots to a people's time. Uh, and also yeah. encouraging people that you don't have to do everything through video link. You know, you can go for a walk, you can get outside, you could be on the phone and walk around. And just changing it up mm-hmm. a bit, I think, has worked, worked really well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's some really interesting stuff that you've done. I, I wonder... Given that you have a base in in Reading in the UK and you also work out of out of um, Spain, and Spain obviously started to feel the impact of COVID before we did in the UK, and did did that help? Did that give you a bit of a sort of alert to what was coming down the track? Did you, were you able to learn anything in time, or was it actually in reality did it all tend to kind of compress into one? Yeah, they were three. They were about three weeks ahead of us in terms of what they were doing. So there were some interesting learnings there. Um, but they were feeling they were far more strictly locked down as well in terms of the things that they were and weren't able to do. But I think the common thing across both locations was regular, frequent communication between each other, with leadership, being transparent, being very, very open, being kind, sharing openly what the business realities and scenarios were and 
you know, we were working every day as a leadership team about, okay, what do we think this means? What does plan A, plan B and plan C look like if things go well or not so well? Sharing that openly with people and ultimately offering them reassurance and support. And, and I think that that was a, you know, a really big trust builder for us as an organisation, ongoing and still is, because we're still in it, of course, but making sure that are. people trust in us to be very honest and very frequent in the way that we're going to communicate. Hmm. I, I'm going to I'm going to have to move us on now because we've we've got just five minutes left to to talk, hmm. and I, I'm really interested to to just move it on a little bit to where we are now. Um, clearly. Um, as you've just alluded to, we are still in the middle of this, um, albeit slightly different. We've got regional lockdowns going on. We've got Christmas coming up. We've got Christmas bubbles or, or whatever's going to be going on. So um, is it is it just more of the same? Or what, what are the kind of key the key themes that you're going to be focusing on for the time being? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, more of the same in the sense that we've still got a high level of unpredictable and difficult conditions, haven't we? Because yes. winter is yes. going to feel a bit long. It's going to continue to be difficult. However, um, you know, we're full of optimism and hope, as I, as I know lots of other people are, you know, particularly with vaccine developments. Um, and we're really trying to help people tune into that better place and to have mm-hmm. that picture of success post-COVID. So we're feeling, you know, we're feeling positive about that. But of course, we will also be keeping the highest possible focus on both physical and mental health and providing tailored and you know relevant support where required. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there is an exciting future ahead, but I think we've got to be continually um, mindful and purposeful about what we do and act really responsibly as people leaders. That's very, very important. Yeah. I think I think that is absolutely crucial. And again, this is a conversation we've been having at Engage for Success. Um, you, you know, we want to hear more from leaders like you who talk about responsible leadership and doing the right thing by their people. Um, we have all along the way, we've heard some really great stories about organisations doing the right thing in the last few months. But there's also been a few horror stories along the way and um, inevitably. And, you know, we... If, if, if as the economy becomes more challenging, if as redundancy levels rise, you know, if redundancy levels rise significantly, which they may well do in certain sectors, um, that can present people with the opportunity to say that all of this stuff doesn't need to, we don't need to worry about it anymore. You know, there's so much competition for every job. Um, but let's just sort of re- re- return to the bad old days. And that would be very short term thinking and very damaging to sustainable business success in the long term so we absolutely need to maintain that focus on what responsible leadership looks like don't we absolutely um, yeah and, and you know so every business we... uh, yeah yes, every business that employs people is a people business and it should run responsibility you know responsibly and in a high quality fashion and um yes. every business has responsibilities around people's health and we should really invest in that Yes, and we do. I mean, there are, there are, you know, there is a legal responsibility for people's health, isn't there? There is a duty of care that that, that employers have. So, um, mm. we've got just over two minutes left. So, can we just sort of finish off, um, Simon? Um, you obviously have some great experiences within your own business, and obviously over the last few months, you've been talking with your own clients and dealing with your own 
business uh, clients there and, and, and sort of seeing what good stuff's been going on. If we were to just sort of summarise it for listeners, other business leaders listening, um, what would be the kind of key things that you would like to suggest uh, our listeners think about really putting at the heart of their thinking? If indeed, you know, if they haven't already, then think about how they do it. And if they are already, then, you know, double down on, on doing more of the same. What would be the top themes for you? We can never communicate enough. I mean, we, we communicate a lot on regular, short, agile cycles. We plan on, on that and we communicate very transparently. I think we, we should all be investing in, in well-being and mental health, and that should be just normal. You know, we should absolutely be doing that and ensuring that the people that come to work to do those jobs are being recognised and identified as the whole person you know, not just that that does the job, but what sits behind that person is families, you know, sometimes can be challenges and complexities. So, you know, if we invest in those people and their families, it will no doubt be repaid tenfold. And my final point, I think, is that um, I think I might have even mentioned it on the, on the last time I was on, is let's never forget that trust is the currency. Uh, trust is the currency with our employees and trust is the currency with our customers. And as long as we all operate with integrity in a high quality fashion and a conscientious way, you know, we, we, we can all sleep at night and we can all be as successful and happy as, as we possibly can be. Interesting. I absolutely endorse that wholeheartedly, Simon. And um, I think you must have been reading my blog last week. We, we, did, the, we did the top 10 uh, themes that we've seen for internal communications in 2020. Do you know what number one was? Trust. Trust. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's you know it's, it's it's about your values it's about your behaviors matching your values it earns you trust it? and it's it's very hard uh, it's hard won and very easily lost and it is absolutely fundamental so i totally agree with you a lovely a lovely way to end the uh, the show on simon thank you so um Thank you, Simon Gross, CEO and co-founder of Foundation SP. Uh, thank you for, for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. And we'll see you at the same time next week. Don't forget you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Look, look back to, to Simon's last one um, as well. And we'll see you next time. So thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.